Hello, I am Lori Wendra of Your Life Core, and you are listening to Messages from the Universe. Here, I deliver information from the mastery realms related to astrology, planetary influences, energy surges, and generally how we are evolving. I connect with angels, guides, ascended masters, astro beings, and those that come forward with messages to help us on our journey. Welcome, everyone. Hello, this is Lori Wunder, and thank you for listening. Today, I want to talk about how do you find peace in a world that is not peaceful, where the peace dividend is gone. A peace dividend is an economic boost a country will get from the time of peace that follows a war. So in theory, at that time, the government can afford to reduce defense spending and reallocate the money to domestic policies, priorities, and other things. We were in that time when countries felt safe. They didn't feel they had to make this huge investment in military defense. Countries wanting to stay neutral are now finding themselves involved in one way or another. Conflict is there, and conflict creates change, and conflict creates times where we feel challenged, chaotic, and certainly not at peace. We can't keep looking to the past and analyzing what should have been done years ago and then do nothing. In so many cases, we simply are not learning from the past and we get stuck there. We get stuck in hope versus action. Well, what happens externally in the world also happens within us. This podcast is not about what's happening in the world, but it is a way for us to remember that we are all connected in one way or another, and we can't avoid or hide from what's happening in the world. We feel it, we see it, we hear it, we taste it, we use all our senses to connect. And the reminder that whatever happens externally in the world also happens within us. Every time you turn around, there's something plastered on social media, the splash page of the internet, the headlines, whether it's a local newspaper, major newspaper, or or national. Turn on the TV, and even some of the made-for-TV movies are storylines that are pulled directly from the headlines, and they advertise them as such. Conversations at the office or with friends often turn to local news, latest events, or even personal matters that seem to challenge and pull our faith of humanity apart. Unless you are living in the woods or a mountain and you have no access to technology or people or news, it is literally impossible to isolate yourself from everything. You can certainly buffer, you can be selective, but in truth, you are not able to isolate from the energy that is bombarding our systems on a regular basis. So even if you are able to isolate in the woods or the mountains, you still are feeling the energy. And by the way, if you were isolating in the mountains or the woods, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. It's impossible to shut out the outer world. We grew up having information at our fingertips. We've become so accustomed to turning to our smartphones or talking to Alexis when we want that information. I've been with friends. We're just in general conversation. All of a sudden, Alexis will throw her information out into the room when we're not even asking for anything. In a world that promotes busyness and supports the energy of fast 
frenzy, and usually anything but calm. What do you do to escape, to be quiet, without numbing yourself to what is happening around you? And reminding ourselves that we have responsibility to know what is happening around us and within us. We have that responsibility to contribute to the change that creates a better future. The universe will not allow us to hide from any shadow because we are the light that's needed. But a larger question is how do we find an inner heart and the inner peace to carry out something that will shift the world? It is not by avoiding it or disappearing from it. It's not about shutting it off or shutting it out. That would only mean we're leaving it to someone else to handle. And you are here in this lifetime at this moment with a soul mission and a purpose. You are here to experience events and opportunities to continue to evolve the soul and with that to evolve the human spirit. You're here. You're here to contribute and not hide. And if you're feeling helpless or powerless or frustrated or angry, I get it. You're feeling the soul's reaction to the events that surround us. You're feeling that call to do something. And who then becomes responsible for contributing help? We all do. We all have that responsibility. How do you find the beginning of motivation so you can start on the path of something different when you may be paddling feverishly just to stay afloat, when you may be feeling all sorts of emotions that you aren't really able to identify? How do you open and keep your heart open when you feel lost or frustrated or sad with humanity? We are the universe. We are the intelligence of the universe expressing itself. We are earth. And I'm going to say it one more time. We are the universe. We are the intelligence of the universe expressing itself. Everything that happens externally happens internally with us. And if you don't express yourself, then you aren't really aligned. That's where there's this opposition that happens. And the universe expresses itself in sunrises, sunsets, and yes, tornadoes and volcanoes and windstorms and healing rain in brightly colored birds and frogs that blend into the bark of a tree and caterpillars that emerge moist, slowly flapping their wings ready to take flight. It expresses itself in the grains of sand and seashells and acorns and pine needles. The universe expresses itself in sound, color, quiet, and movement. And what are you choosing to align to? How are you expressing what you carry deep within your soul? Do you understand you have seasons too? You have cycles and moods that rise and fall, much like the tides of of the oceans or the leaves that sprout bright green in springtime and then magically turn to red or orange before falling to earth. We are the universe and we are all connected. We are one. We continue to gain from the teachings of the universe that teaches us we are one. It teaches us by example. We are not separate. Our actions and actions of others do impact us. We can complain about inflation and lately it's the price of gas, but that's an outcome of many things that the universe is asking us to learn about. We're being taught, so pay attention. And while we're learning, how do you become more loving and more compassionate to the variations and the diversity that is us and the universe expressing itself? First, 
Stop complaining for what you don't have or wish you did have. Be present. Be grateful for what is today and for what you do have. Have compassion for those that are lacking in basics of shelter, safety, food, health, and community. Have understanding that in the world of the universe where there is a win, there is also a loss. And sometimes I wonder if All the archangels and guides and helpers of the universe are getting so frustrated with us that they're somewhere stomping their feet or crazily flapping their wings. It creates a visual that makes me laugh and that helps break the tension that we all sometimes feel. And it makes me ask the question, do helpers of the universe, like humans, have emotions of sadness and frustration? Yes, sometimes they do want to shake some sense into us. Sometimes they do want us to just pay attention to what is versus what we wish or what we think it should be. Sometimes I can feel the intensity of their messages, the importance of what they're trying to convey to us. Sometimes I feel that in the podcast where they're pushing the words through. They want us to be happy and to succeed in life. They want us to figure it out, to get unstuck, to move forward, to have the lives of peace, calm, and love. And yes, they do get frustrated when we sabotage, when we don't listen, when we do hateful things. They want us to act from calm and love. So just as much as we can create chaos in our lives and stir up energy that's not aligned with our time here on earth, so can we have calm and peace. In terms of lightness and darkness, if we can experience times of shadow or darkness, such as anger, frustration, sadness. Why can't we experience times of light? As humans, our biggest challenge is to not see broken or pain, but to see the beauty, the healing, the opportunity, and of course, the love that is presented in all. The world functions from a place of love. And I know that's crazy. It's hard to think about that concept. But seeing it from a place of love will help you understand, grow, and evolve. And if you can't see it from a place of love, because sometimes I agree, it's just impossible to see what's happening in the world as a place from love. You can put your love into the compassion for some of the experiences and the outcomes. The seat or the core of our vibrational being is love. We come from love. It is the vibration of the universe, of earth, but we forget that. That seat or that core is within us and we've forgotten or we feel like we've become disconnected. We tend to forget that everything we need is within and not outside of us. Outside experiences are meant to remind us as to what is within. The chaos externally is to remind us to go within to seek and find calmness. So even on the planet of Mother Earth, the core is love, calm, and peace. Be a great gardener by planting seeds of the soul. And what do I mean by that? It's it's our responsibility for the transformation of our intellectual wisdom, our emotional maturity, and our spiritual awareness. Source seeds us with enough vitality to grow our own. Love, those are our seeds. Be a good gardener. A great gardener shares his gardening techniques and the abundance of his crops with others so they can learn, understand, and use their gifts of gardening. 
And how do we find peace in a world that's not peaceful? It's being human. It's going back to your core seed of love and sharing that and planting those seeds. And I ask, why are people seeming to get more sick? Why is there more stress, depression, anxiety, mental health occurrences? Why are we more allergic to foods and allergies and things? Why do we have more food intolerances? Our bodies can't handle all the toxics in the air and the food, so organs are breaking down earlier and they are wearing out. We are less active and we have more stress. We have less ways to handle stress in a healthy way. There are more expectations on us as humans, what we should do, shouldn't do, what we should say or be or how we approach. We have more exposure to everyone else's issues through social media, television shows. Think of what and where the television shows you watched were as a kid versus what our kids are being exposed to now. We spend less time outside in nature and interacting with nature, whether that's fishing, gardening, or just hiking. We spend more time in time taking less breaks. Meal times are often on the run. Kids eating on the way to their event, families eating on their way to that event. We stopped taking naps or rest times or clearing our mind, taking a break during the day. That seems to be unheard of now. We have this internal expectation of always being happy, always resolving or having to have the answer to everything. We're told not to depend or lean on others when there are appropriate times where we need others, and it certainly would benefit us. But the truth is, many of us believe others have enough stuff going on in their own lives for us to lean on them. A few weeks ago, someone reached out to me and asked if I possibly would know anything as to why their email wasn't working under some specific situations. Bless this person's heart. She had remembered I had a background in information technology, so she thought to reach out and just ask. I wasn't able to help her. And I'll just be totally transparent. When I was in my corporate world executive position, I had teams that had more of that techno knowledge than I did as their leader. And being a good leader is knowing what skills you do and you don't have. And I didn't have that detailed expertise to provide the help that was needed for this woman. As humans, the universe will continue to give us hints of what we do and don't know, and will lead us on a path that shows us what we do best and those things that are just meant to be left to someone else that has that expertise. But we have to ask. I spent a few days on the phone trying to find someone to repair a railing on my back deck. I I can talk to angels and guides, but I have no idea how to repair that railing. I don't even own any equipment that would be needed to cut or drill holes, nor do I want to own any of that equipment. But I do honor those that do have those skills. Realizing what you do and don't know and understand there are always others that have better skills and they're better equipped to handle something you might be struggling with. And it's okay to not have to have those skills. It is important for you to realize the expertise 
they have and honor them in the work that is being done. I think most of us have become afraid to ask or admit we don't know, and the universe is requiring us to figure out stuff. Whether this means alone or with someone, everyone is so busy now, and everyone does have their own stuff. It's often one of my personal reasons for not asking for help as I realize people are busy, not wanting to be that person that imposes on someone else. But you also learn that from your environment or your parents. Be independent. Well, in this age, in 2022 and the years ahead, I believe the universe is going to continue to give us times where we have to ask for help. We have to accept help from others. That in some cases, we have become too independent, bending to the feeling of needing help and having the courage to ask someone without feeling like you're a burden. We're being called to step in and help people around the globe. We're being reminded that we are one. We are individuals and we are very powerful as individuals, but we're also very connected. There's parts of us that are parts of others. Relationships can help bring us into a place of peace and calm. So when I ask that question, how do you find peace in a world that's not peaceful? It's also about the relationships. It's about understanding what you can handle and what you can't handle. Do you have relationships presently that create chaos and unrest and perhaps some frustration? Well, you just might need to balance that with relationships that are more balanced, more loving, and more caring. Sometimes people are working at something or working at stuff, and sometimes people are working on something, and you don't know that. So you just have to ask. Sometimes I wonder if our experiences in life have made some of us tough. And now the universe is reminding us to go back to our heart to find that peace, find that calm. A memory comes to me. When I was in a management position in corporate America, one of my peers said to me, just slay the dragon. He was trying to encourage me to just jump in and do what I needed to do at that moment. Just slay the dragon, he said. Stand in the fire. Sometimes it's a stay in place versus running or avoiding. It is the only way to complete it is just go through with it. Bear with me as I digress just a little bit because I must have had this shock look of horror on my face. As humans, I understand the phrase. I understand it means just to take charge and go just do the thing. But as humans, we also have a tendency to want to kill everything. Why would I use a metaphor of killing something that we only think is harmful? Keep in mind, I see angels and guides and fairies and other energies, including what might be dragons. Did you catch that? Killing something we thought to be harmful, acting from a fear of what could be versus what actually is. I'm sorry for going off on a side note here about dragon energy, but I think dragon energy is also coming back in to teach us. It's not harmful. It's not scary. It's not anything else that we have to make up as something bad. So wanting to kill it just doesn't make sense. But then as a human, we actually do a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. We kill off things 
that are fearful or that we don't understand. And that creates chaos and it puts us in this place of fear and not being calm. So no, I'm not just going to slay the dragon. And just a little bit about dragon energy is the Welch kings first adopted the dragon in the early 5th century in order to symbolize their power and authority after the Romans withdrew from Britain. Dragons have long symbolized power. So bear with me for one more minute. Why would we want to kill off something that is powerful that could lend us or bring us power to help and assist? And right now, you might even be rolling your eyes. Maybe a few years ago, though, you didn't believe in crystals or angels or guides or astrology or the shifting of the vibrational practices on the planet. So just for this moment, I now ask you to open your eyes, your ears, your soul to the possibility of something some additional helpers out there that just might want to help and that they just might want to bring the fire energy to you in the form of dragons. Just maybe in past lifetimes, you worked with them more closely. Maybe as a child, you played with toy dragons and never really understood the draw you had to them. In my life, I have learned to never say never and always expect the unexpected. I have learned to trust the universe. There is science and there is metaphysical and they are magically coming together. And why can't they coexist? So when you feel that pounding in your chest, you feel that strain of frustration or sadness or nervousness, or you wonder what is happening in the world and you seek peace and calm and quiet. Maybe it's just to take a few breaths and ask for help. The universe does work in magical ways. And I just want to share with you the 13 dragons. And if you don't believe in dragons, then certainly you don't need to listen to the remaining parts of this podcast. But if you have children in your life and they happen to be interested in dragons or they have toy dragons, notice what color they're drawn to. It might tell you something. So red, first of all, the red dragon is the strongest of dragons, meaning passion and love and sexual energy, but also death and new beginnings. It can be a warning and a protection. It's the color of blood and the primary color of fire. There's strength in the red dragon. Gold symbolizes the sun and the father and masculine energy. It also symbolizes wealth, strength, and the West. And yellow symbolizes the sun's life-giving generative energy. The sun rises and sets from and to the darkness of the unknown into something of possibility. It also symbolizes intuition. And the bronze dragon, they're very powerful. They're solid dragons that possess especially hard scales for protection. Since bronze was used in so many weapons, that's that copper and tin, bronze dragons are the warrior energy. Brown. Brown symbolizes the soil, the earth, and autumn. It symbolizes the death of vegetation, making that transition from life into the season of winter. And blue. Blue is both the sea and the sky, and they're symbolic of just the vastness of all that is. It symbolizes 
infinity and the experience beyond the grasp of the human condition, both the ultimate and the eternal expansiveness of us as humans. In green, it's considered a mystic color, combines that yellow, which symbolizes earth, and the blue, which symbolizes the heavens. It means fertility, life and death in the newness of life in the spring, but it's also about purification in all cycles we experience. And white, the white dragon is light, the sun and air and holiness. It represents perfection and innocence and, of course, purity. And the black dragon is the absence of color, the negative of white, the color of void, of what exists before light. It is where things can begin from the void, from the darkness before they bloom into lightness. And gray is associated with old age, wisdom and neutrality, a combination of black and white. And we talk about shades of gray. And the purple dragon symbolizes passion because it's a mixture of red and balanced with reason, which is blue. And the temporal red rebalanced by the external blue creates that purple. This is royalty, spirituality, evolution, transmutation, and transformation. And rainbow, yes, there is a rainbow dragon, a spiritual symbol of hope and the power of the gods and the collaboration of all. And silver, the silver dragon is about security and intelligence and modern technology and currency. It also symbolizes the moon and the mother energy. The dragons are additional helpers for you. Believe or not, I do teach and facilitate meditations where I encourage you to ride the dragons. Call to them. Climb on their back and ride the energy of the red, the gold, the yellow, the bronze, the brown, the blue. Play in the energy of the green, the white, the black, the gray, the purple, the rainbow, or the silver. Send the dragon energy of the red, the rainbow, the green, the black to those places that need help. Ask them for their presence just as you would a grandmother, a grandfather, a teacher of the universe, your angels, your guides. Ask them to be present for you or for others. Journal their messages. Allow your inner child to be curious and explore what you might have when you access their energy. Learn from the world. Don't be afraid of your past. Take the actions to make your world more peaceful now and for your future and allow the helpers to come in. The dragon energy is upon us. It is there to help us. It just needs to be asked for. This is Lori Wanger of Your Life Core, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Messages from the Universe. I'm Lori Wandra. For current events or to schedule a private session, please visit www.yourlifecore.com.